Born on a mountaintop in Tennessee Greenest state in the land of the free Raised in the woods so he knew every tree Killed him a bar when he was only three Davy, Davy Crockett When daughter and mother become each other. I wish I could switch places with them. Barbara Harris is a teenage mother, and Jody Foster is a middle-aged daughter. John Aston is a confused male chauvinist. You never called me daddy before. No. It's Freaky Friday, a real comedy switch from Walt Disney Productions, rated G. Welcome to a fabulous, freaky, weird, all-new episode in the year 2023 of Be Kind Rewind. This is your Disney Plus movie podcast. I, of course, am Dan Teets, and joining me from the middle of the country... I'm coming in early this time. Uh, and my name is Kyra Hawkins. And she's coming in hot, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, I'm usually late. <laughs> oh boy, well hey, that, that pretty much means you're gonna be late on the next one. So uh, well hey, new year, new you. Yep. So if you couldn't tell by our intro, we are discussing the Vince Vaughn horror movie Freaky. <laughs> I haven't seen that, but um, I, actually I forgot about it, but I did want to see it when I was aware of it. Yeah. No, since this is a Disney podcast, I don't think that one will ever make it onto the um, annals of the Disney movie logs, but I don't know. They could be bought next week and end up next month, so who knows. We are actually talking about the December the 17th, 1976, so it is another Christmas release of Freaky Friday, not the one starring Lindsay Lohan and Jamie Lee Curtis. We are talking about the one that is starring John Aston and Jodie Foster. This has been on my radar because I remember watching it several times when I was growing up. Probably not the entire thing, but it's pretty high up on my movies that I will watch again if it's on. What about you? Is this your first time watching it, or was it on repeat growing up? Um. Okay, so I am pretty sure I watched this at least once as a child, because I remembered the thing of like money in her sock, mm-hmm. um, but I didn't remember much else about it. I mean, like, the basic plot point, because it's, like, it seems like everybody knows what Freaky Friday is, especially with the remake from 2003, so. Has it been that long? Yeah. Wow, okay. Well, and then Disney, uh, there was a musical, Freaky Friday, and then they turned the musical into a Disney Channel original movie Um, in 2018, I think, is what I read. All right. It's It's on Disney+. Plus. All right. Well, then we will probably cover it in about 35 years. The Disney (laughs) Plus one and the remake in probably 15 or 20 years. 
but I don't know. Um, all right. So you've watched it. I've watched it. What were your initial thoughts on it? Um, well, I made the mistake of looking at ratings for it before I watched it. Um, I really thought I was going to like it. And I thought, what does Roger Ebert know? Um, Everything. But I was like, when I saw that he had rated it like two and a half out of four, I thought, uh oh. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still wanted to give it a chance. I, I was a little disappointed. I like it. It checks a lot of boxes, so mm-hmm. it's like I should like this movie, but I just didn't. <laughs> well, nothing wrong with that. Not a, Not every Disney movie is going to be your cup of tea. Or your cup of rum, raisin, banana split breakfast. But we will get into that in just a few minutes. Um, Like I said, I watched it. I'm not for it. I'm not against it. If it's on somewhere, I probably will sit down and watch it. Just because it's young Jodie Foster before she went and made contact. (laughs) (sighs) All right. So, first of all, I forgot to mention what the box office um, take was on this movie. And according to Wikipedia, it did $36 million as the initial release, which equates to $188.3 in today's, $188.3 million in today's money. Now, getting into the actual synopsis, which gives to us care of Wikipedia, as does the box office figures, Ellen Andrews and her daughter, Annabelle, Constantly quarrel. Following a disagreement on Thursday before Friday the 13th, Annabelle leaves to join a friend at a local diner. In sync, Annabelle and Ellen, who is in the family's kitchen home, both wish aloud, I wish I could switch places with her for just one day. Their wish comes true when their bodies are switched. After a brief scene where they are shocked at seeing their new appearances, both ladies proceed with as each other would normally would have. Annabelle is now a housewife, tending to laundry, car repair, grocery deliveries, carpet cleaners, dry cleaners, her housemaid, and the family basset hound named Matt. As though Annabelle did not have her hands full, her husband, Bill, coerces her to cook dinner for 25 people as his catered dinner party has fallen through. Annabelle enlists Boris, a neighbor on whom she has harbored a crush, to look after a younger brother and help make a chocolate mousse, but all three managed to mess everything up. Then later saving the face by manage, by making everything into a smorgasbord. Annabelle does have a bright spot when her brother Ben, with her brother Ben, such as getting to have personal discussions with him when she picks him up after school. He tells her which, quali- which qualities he envies about Annabelle and is able to share her loathing over the housemaid who is constantly complaining about Annabelle's sloppiness, and then confesses that he tried to be messy to connect with Annabelle, and the household said he didn't know better and cleaned up after him. Plus, just between talks, they played baseball, which improved their relation. Annabelle later remorses for misjudging Ben and getting a different outlook. Meanwhile, Ellen, who is now a high school student, struggles with marching band, destroys her entire typing classes, electric typewriters, exposes her photography classes, developing film, and loses a field hockey game. However, Ellen does have one bright point. 
a U.S. history class where she accurately recounts the Korean War, having lived through the 50s as a little girl. In an effort to escape school, Ellen runs to Bill's office. There she encounters Bill's new attractive, young, and immodestly dressed secretary. Ellen tries to Im intimidate the young woman by sharing how frightening her mother is. This effort, clearly successful, as the secretary adopts more modest clothing, glasses, and an unflattering hairstyle. Ellen asks Bill for access to his credit card in order to make herself over as her braces were scheduled to be removed that afternoon. Bill approves and chalks up her secretary's awkward appearance to personal problems at home as her son is sick and her husband was wounded in the Vietnam War, causing Ellen to scold herself for not trusting her husband. The day ends with a comical twist when the mother-daughter pair wishes a new request to return to themselves. This does happen, although in a different manner than before. They are physically transferred, with Annabelle suddenly sitting now behind the wheel of a car with Ben and Boris, with none of them knowing how to drive and attracting the attention of several squad cars. Ellen, in turn, finds herself water skiing as Annabelle was scheduled to participate in an aquacade. Bill, who has prospective clients at the aquacade, fears unemployment as he sees Ellen flailing helplessly on ski. But her antics amuse the client so much that he wins the account. When the, with a new understanding of each other's lives, mother and daughter forgive each other. Following the events of Freaky Friday, Annabelle begins dating Boris. Bill is playing cards with Ellen, still trying to understand what has happened. Ellen and Bill are fine with Boris taking Annabelle to a pizzeria for a date. And Annabelle surprises Ben by letting him tag along with them. Ben complains that he never gets to do fun stuff like his dad who is getting ready for a business trip the following Saturday, dirt biking with a Japanese motorcycle firm looking to enter the U.S. market. While Bill says Ben should be more appreciative of his worry-free childhood, Ben remarks that he would love to spend one Saturday in his dad's shoes, while Bill says the same about Ben, causing Annabelle and Ellen to get nervous and suggest that Bill and Ben do not want to switch places but they simultaneously and indignantly say, oh yes, I do, much to Ellen and Annabelle's chagrin. The end. So, this movie, has it, am I right in thinking that Disney's intros have been animated for like the last three or four years worth of movies that we've started to watch now? It seems like it, um, but I'm pretty sure it went farther back. Like, we've got a handful of cold opens, mm -hmm. but... They really seemed to like the animated opening with like a song about what you're about to see. Mm -hmm. um, so, like, I wasn't surprised to see this at all. It's like the first three and a half minutes of almost every movie from the 60s and 70s, it seems, has an animated opening. Yeah. And I actually, I liked this animated opening. I'm not a fan of... A lot of the Disney opens but this one got me into it so I mean they let you know what you're in for so if you're not a fan of it it would make sense that they would give you the little opt-out like they did on our favorite movie of all time yeah I actually um I thought this opening was really cute this the animation style and the the way they're drawn it's adorable so the movie starts 
and we almost immediately get a Dick Van Patten sighting. So he is the Disney flavor of the decade, it seems like. And Jodie Foster's, like, almost the first thing that she says is that she is watching what she weighs. Yeah, I'm watching watching my weight. Even though um, mom says I don't need to because I don't have my girlish figure yet or whatever. So was... Gross. Was this what was being played as normal? You're supposed to... Well, I guess it was. It was what you were supposed to... You're supposed to be a perfect size 2 from the time that you developed your girlish figure? I guess. I mean, yeah, pretty much. It's, it's, It's different now. Yeah. But it was that way even the 90s when I was growing up. So, yeah, not much changed. Yeah. That was, I hated that. Yeah, it, it, it made me cringe, and I'm, I'm one that doesn't cringe for much. But speaking as someone that almost had a girl for my adoption, I couldn't imagine putting that on her. I mean, even if, even if she did say it's not Mom says I don't have to worry about it because I'm not developed, I guess would be the way that they would say it nowadays. Yeah. But. So, and even if she had, that shouldn't matter. Yeah. We you, we think differently now. Yes. You are not the, you are not the number on scale, I guess is the best way to put it. So we look around her pigsty of a bedroom and she starts to get dressed and she has the perfect little brother of course because all disney movies you have to have the perfect little brother or the nerdy little brother or the insert adjective here little brother yeah and he's so cute yeah so didn't we find out that she is a member of the water ski club yeah and the field hockey and marching band oh yeah that's right i forgot about marching band and I don't. Does it actually say where this one was? Where this one took place? Because a lot of these movies, they'll tell you it's in California or Colorado if it's a um, skiing movie. But yeah. I don't. I don't know of very many places that have have had or have now a water skiing club. Yeah, I've never heard of that. Um, I don't think it ever says. But it does look, I don't know, sunny a lot. I mean, I guess that happens in movies. They can make whatever weather they want. Yeah, exactly. And so she goes off to start her day, and suddenly the mom lights up. We yeah, don't, they're like... We don't get a trigger warning. We don't get a content warning. So obviously this is something that happened in the 70s with... Every mom, once your kid was out of the school or out, out on their way to school. Yeah, like on the page, um, like when you first open the movie from the menu on Disney Plus, it does like say contains tobacco depictions or something, mm-hmm. but it's not like at the top of the film or um, I don't know. It's not like super obvious. I just kind of happened to notice that it was there. Yeah, and and this happens like. Two or three times. I mean, she's lit. She's lit up two or three cigarettes in the space of the time that the dad's talking to her about all the things that she has to do that day. Yeah, it's like in the first, um, like twelve, ten, twelve minutes, we see a lot of smoking. 
and then none after they swap. But yeah. which, yeah, that's a good thing. Yeah, I um, I will say like a lot of the banter between the mother and the daughter felt about right. Mm-hmm. Um, it it seemed like I have two girls. It it felt pretty familiar. Um, even decades later, it's like, oh yeah, this, this sounds familiar. It sounded a lot like how I grew up too. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like they just can't stand each other. Mm-hmm. And so Jodie Foster's character, whose name is Annabelle, which now that there are, um, scary movies entitled Annabelle, I don't quite get the same thing or get the same, um, inclination about it as probably w- as you're supposed to get back in these days. So I guess that was a classic old-timey mom or daughter's name. Well, to me it sounds like a really feminine name. Mhm. And she's obviously a tomboy. Yeah. Um and a slob. And that's not <laughs> what you expect. Um especially with a mother as beautiful as Barbara Harris. Um and you can tell that mom is like very prim and proper and she dresses really well. Like I loved, well, before they swapped, I loved her <laughs> outfit. Mm-hmm. And then some of the clothes that you see in her closet were very nice. Yeah, very nice. Okay, so Annabelle says no to breakfast because she's running late. So that way she can go down to the local soda jerk and have a rum raisin banana split breakfast breakfast yeah so weird i don't think any of those words are supposed to go together uh-uh. and and, he, and it what is diner during... gonna serve that that early in the morning well i mean if you've got 15 cents you can buy whatever you want i guess that's true i guess and it is during the mom smoking and Jodie Foster eating the breakfast that they start singing, I guess, and they do the little swappy thing. And the mom finally, finally, I think, puts it together that this is why my daughter is not eating breakfast because she has to have all that sugar, especially when she has her all of her activities, mm-hmm. which we will go into as the movie progresses. Yeah, the, like, special effects of the swap was so bad. Um, And then as they're figuring out what's happened, um, like, it was kind of funny, I guess, Mm -hmm. how, um, like, Annabelle in Mom's body is like, whoa, like, what's Mm -hmm. this? And um, you can see that the mother, what's her name, Ellen? Yes. Ellen is like immediately disgusted being in her daughter's body. Um, but then they dragged this on forever. Yeah. It's like, okay, they've, they figured out what's happened. Why do we need to stay here? And I don't understand their reactions at all. Like either one of them. Yeah. And so Ellen finds out that she's, they're on their way to ride the bus the city bus to school, which, speaking as a teacher, I in, I don't even know how that would work. Wouldn't you just go down to the local school bus stop and get on there and not have to pay whatever the change was 
Or was that just to give you a ha-ha moment that she has to get the money out of her socks? I don't know. Like, I don't know what it's like in other places. Where I live, we only have, we don't have public transportation Mm -hmm. or anything like that. It's just school buses or you walk. Yeah. uh, Or someone, you know, drives you. So I don't know how that works in other places. But um, I did think it was a little strange. I, I, it's kind of cute how like mom in Annabelle's body talks to the friends mm-hmm. and they immediately notice that something's up, but they think she's just playing. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're all like, well, let's all be our mother this morning and see how that works. And then one of them says, well, I know that I don't think my mom will be able to make it through an entire day of me at school. Yeah. And needless to say, I think they were right on that. So, Annabelle's home, the dad's gone off to work, and she starts the washer-dryer and pulls a Brady Bunch, basically, where Peter overloaded the washer because he got some kind of pink stain on um, on a bedspread, I think. But I was, for some reason, I was expecting more suds than what actually happened. Yeah, she uses way too much soap. Yeah. Um, and put way too much in there, even for a super washer. Yeah, I she couldn't even close the door. Yeah. I um I thought like they probably had fun making this movie. Mm-hmm. Like Barbara Harris gets to act like a twelve or thirteen year old, mm-hmm. and so she's just like a grown woman acting this way, but. All I could think was she's acting like she's drunk. Like, I wonder if they just told Barbara Harris, like, just act like you're drunk. Because that's what it seemed like to me. And I thought, I don't know 13-year-olds that act this way, really. Like, the way she was dancing around and the way she put her makeup on so badly. "Mm, I don't think that's how it would really go. Yeah, I'm, I'm not, unless the mother had never let the daughter wear makeup before but i mean even then daughters play dress up with their kids and they put on the makeup so that should be that was a little over the top with that i also thought it was strange that i mean i guess maybe it was different in the 70s but i thought how how does she not know how to work the washing machine really yeah so we cut back to Annabelle at at school, and she is. We find out that her first class is principles of still photography, and this is where I found out that this was a highfalutin school. Not that I didn't know that from having a water ski club, but I mean, just the fact that she busts in to a dark room. And doesn't realize that the dark room was a dark room. Yeah. I like I felt all of the rage and frustration of all of those students mm-hmm. and the teacher where she just flips the light on and is like, What? What's going on? Doesn't apologize. Oh no, she does apologize, I guess, but yeah. not like explicitly, not like, Oh my gosh, I'm I feel terrible that I've done this but yeah. I don't know. I just was like, how she's not stupid. Like we see later on in another class that the mom, like it's actually really smart. Mm-hmm. So 
it just seemed stupid. Like, why is she acting so stupid about this? Yeah, I mean, I took photography in, I want to say, 10th grade of high school. So that obviously is a little ahead of what Annabelle was. But still, you should realize that if you've got kids looking at film, the last thing that you want to do is turn on the light. Or actually, I just realized something. That's not even possible. You can't turn on a light in a dark room because all that they have is that red light. Because I'm thinking back 30 years ago now. but Like it wouldn't even be an option. Yeah. Yeah, you, you don't have the option to turn on a light. You turn off the darkroom light, and then you come out with your picture, and that's what you actually hang up after it's been exposed properly. So, we fast forward, and we go to typing class. And Ellen is supposed to be taking a typing test, and she blows up one typewriter, and then she goes over to the one that specifically says out of order. Mm-hmm. And doesn't realize that it's out of order until it shorts out everybody else's um, electric typewriters. Yeah. The, I just, I, I don't know. I think that, like, this, I don't even know what to say. It's like, <laughs> make this funny movie, but it wasn't funny. It was just like... How do you miss that? Why are you, like, Annabelle in Ellen's body, like, why are you acting this way? Nobody acts this way, really. I just, I don't understand it. And I, like I said, I really wanted to like this movie. I expected to. Yeah. But I just was so irritated the entire time. Yeah. I mean, it was a, it was a comedy of errors, I think, is what they were trying to pull and then we we cut back to Annabelle at home, and suddenly 15 people show up on the same day. At the same time. At the same time. And, I mean, we know that Ellen's smart, or we hope that Ellen's smart, but I just, I don't see how you could schedule... I mean, she had the car coming back, which I could understand that. She had her... Um, housekeeper show up. Mm-hmm. She had people coming in to do to put up the drapes. Yeah, like they had cleaned the window treatments or something. I'm like, man, these are fancy people. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, I could understand one or two of those showing up, especially with the car guy, because that's obviously they had a front door service plan with whatever dealership they were with, but. It just got too carried away. And meanwhile, you got the housekeeper that's just berating Ellen about Annabelle the entire time. Yeah. It felt like um, they both were hearing about how bad everybody thought they were. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. I here's, I think I mentioned this. I mentioned this about Ellen. Like, we know that she very smart because she pretty much teaches a class that we'll talk about in a minute mm-hmm. but then like later on we learn and we've already pretty much seen that Annabelle is also very smart mm-hmm. they're but then they swap bodies and suddenly like they, they can't do anything 
for the other person. Yeah, I mean, Annabelle's acting like she's just dancing around the house, like, mm-hmm. running around like a seven-year-old. Like, everything she did made me think, like, she's not 13. Mm-hmm. If if that's how this child is acting, it's not, she's not a teenager. Uh, it was just like, did you forget everything that you know? Yeah. And also, why aren't either of them, like trying to get to the other one to try to figure out how to fix this. I was the question that bugged me the entire movie. Yeah, because I kind of feel like that did happen in the 2003 verb, but we'll see in 15 years when we get. Yeah, I may actually watch it soon. So I'll know before you. (laughs) So we cut back to Ellen in Annabelle's body, and now she is out on the band field. And this is all still in the morning. This is before lunchtime. Yeah, they've, they're busy. I don't I don't think you would have that many extracurricular activities before you even have your normal class. Right. Well, and I, I didn't think that until you just pointed it out. But I will say, like, the thing that really bothered me the most about the marching band scene is that they're practicing... In the middle of the day, mm-hmm. in full uniform, and I was in band in high school, um, <laughs> and I've stayed in touch with other band parents. Like now, um, like I know how much those uniforms cost. Mm-hmm. No band director ever is going to have their students in full uniform in the middle of the day unless they're at some kind of contest, which they're not. They're just practicing. Well, if we think back to Gus, they had a band. And they, they were not in full dress. No. No. I don't know. Like, was it just to say, like, this is happening without having yeah. to say this is happening? I don't, yeah. I don't know. It drove me insane. And while that's happening, El- Annabelle in Ellen's body is flirting with the neighbor kid. Yeah. Which just gave me the most cringe. <laughs> like, we know that it's Annabelle, but she's not thinking this looks like my... 40-year-old mom is hitting on the teenage neighbor or and he's like leaning into it and like mm-hmm. super into who he thinks is into him yeah, yeah like the pardon my language but like the milf next door he's like hey like <laughs> Annabelle is a problem isn't she and he's like you can just tell that he's super into the attention that he's getting from what he thinks is the mom next door yeah it's just oh it was so gross to me yeah, that that I mean there are cringe there are cringe moments in this movie. So, um but we keep going and <laughs> now Annabelle in Ellen's body is out picking up Ben, I think, is the son. Yeah, baby brother. He's so cute. And but before that, she has to iron Bill's shirt. For this cockamamie water ski club presentation. And I think she used a whole can of starch on one arm. Because yeah. it it was... And we've seen this in other TV shows since. And probably before this. So it wasn't... It was a gag that people for. Mm-hmm. But... And so she tells Ben that he can pick out anything that he wants for lunch... And... 35, right? What? 
she like throws the grocery bags down and is like, if it's in there, you can eat it. Yeah, exactly. And now we cut back to the field hockey championship game, <laughs> which has no referees. Yeah. It's and the like coaches no- are running all over the field. And we obviously have two totally different styles of coaching. And, I mean, I refed upwards soccer for two years. And, I mean, I'm talking from the little itty-bitties all the way up to 12-year-olds. The coaches would only come out on the field if you're talking little itty-bitties that were running off of the field to usher them back on. You wouldn't even think that this would happen. Yeah, this whole thing is a mess. It's like in the middle of the school day. There's no parents or spectators. Mm-hmm. It's it's almost like if they were just having a regular practice or a scrimmage. Like we said, there's no officials. The coaches are running the entire game for the state championship. Yeah. And Annabelle has not, well, Ellen slash Annabelle has not gone to a single class of substance yet. And their whole strategy the coach says, just get the ball to Annabelle. Like, yeah. that's, the, that's a terrible strategy, and you're a bad coach if that's what you're telling your kids. Yeah, and meanwhile, the other coach is saying make sure that Annabelle doesn't get the ball, which Annabelle now doesn't want the ball. Yeah, so, Annabelle is Ellen. Yeah, so that, that solves that problem. We should, and, we should have started this podcast by assigning them names like Ellen Bell or something. Ellen Bell and Anne and Ellen. And Ellen. Ellen and Ellen Bell. Yes. Um, well, little baby brother tells Annabelle slash Ellen mom that he loves Annabelle. Mm-hmm. And it's so sweet. And she's like realizing like maybe I should be nice to him because he's really yeah. sweet. And so we cut from there to a impromptu baseball game that the mom is playing in. And she hits a baseball into the trash can. Don't know why there was a trash can in the middle of the baseball field, but that is a ground rule double and not a home run. (laughs) I didn't even catch that. And that's my whole problem with this movie, the end. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I did like the, um, there's like a whole little thing of, um, the dad or husband, dad and husband, whatever work event is, is he's like, and Annabelle slash Ellen points it right out. Like he's failing at this and Mm -hmm. didn't have a backup plan and is pushing it all off on me slash on mom. Yeah. Um, which my husband's never done that to me, but I see that it happens in a lot of traditional type households. I like that she just like plainly just calls it out, but she doesn't call it out to him. She's still trying to make it work. Yeah. It it kind of made me laugh a little bit when the dad calls and says that the real problem is that there is no buffet. Yeah. So she's you like, fix it. Yeah. yeah, you fix it. Like, no, you have people on staff for that. Yeah, th- this this is not something that you just let your wife or tell your wife to handle. Yeah. 
unless it's like a private event at your home, which it's mm-hmm. not. Yeah. Because yeah. um, like it's a company event, it's not like they're hosting it mm-hmm. like their family. Um, so I did like uh, when Ellen slash Annabelle goes to visit him at work Mm -hmm. and like immediately catches on like the secretary is beautiful Mm -hmm. and she's very suspicious and kind of makes it clear that she's suspicious um yeah I I actually I I wrote down did Annabelle actually uncover something between the secretary and the dad well it almost seems like it um i thought it was this part made me genuinely crack up because while she is in there grilling dad which i mean he doesn't realize that it's his wife Mm -hmm. really um she's grilling him and um as the secretary comes in like three or four times every time she comes back she's done something else to make herself less attractive Mm -hmm. like big glasses and then she puts a coat on and then she just every time you see her she's done something else um just that made me laugh um but then he tells she like makes some comment to him about it and he's like no it's not anything like that she's actually going through a really hard time um and then ellen realizes that she's being a jerk actually so, meanwhile, we cut back to the house where Annabellen <laughs> has started to try to put together a buffet for the people that are at the event that night. Yeah, by cooking a whole turkey. Yes, and she obviously doesn't understand how ovens work because she just says, well, if we get an hour and a half, we'll do it at 700 degrees. Yeah. Um, okay... Nope. And then we cut back to school, and apparently there was a parent-teacher conference that Ellen missed, where Boss Hogg from the Dukes of Hazard is playing the principal. And Ellen says, well, I'll make sure that everything's going to be fine. Don't worry about it. Basically plays it all off, because she's starting to see that it's not as easy to be a teenager as she thought it was going and we still don't see her going to any classes of substance no well and then she leaves school to go get her braces off which i'm sorry who lets their kid go to an orthodontist appointment alone especially one that important yeah and then she takes herself well herself slash annabelle to get a makeover Mm -hmm. okay (laughs) Yeah, and so then we cut back to the house where the turkey is burning and the next-door neighbor is teaching Ben how to make a chocolate souffle. Mm -hmm. And the son takes off the lid to the blender and chocolate goes everywhere. And she just leaves it there for the dog to lick up and... We just don't want to think about that. And then she calls the turkey a smoked turkey. This whole, like, see, it's supposed to be funny, but it just, it it kind of stressed me out. And I found it ridiculous. (laughs) Like, my daughter, Keaton, is 12. Mm -hmm. She would not be this stupid. You would hope. 
And I, well, no, she wouldn't. No, I, I, I know because because we've talked off air, so I know she's a very smart girl. Yeah, like and... she's she's younger than Annabelle, but she wouldn't she would know better on most of these things. Mm-hmm. So, I, and it's not because we have evolved so much since the seventies. <laughs> I mean, we have, but yeah, not yeah. so much that it's like that's the reason that she wouldn't be this way. Yeah, so yeah. I just. Where it's supposed to be funny, I just found it extremely frustrating. So now we cut back to the water skiing event, and the dad doesn't really care what happens to his daughter as long as he doesn't lose the deal. Yeah. He pretty much says, I don't care if you die. You just, as long as I don't lose this deal, we're fine. And so now we start jumping back and forth between the mom and the daughter more rapid fire because things are starting to happen. Yeah. And the Annabelle, the daughter in mom's body, is driving a car for the first time, obviously. And it's only because the next door neighbor doesn't want to drive because he doesn't have a license and he doesn't want to get, he doesn't want to lose his license before he gets it. Yeah. So the daughter starts driving and we get a police chase that is just off the charts even for disney and some of these police cars had very shoddy construction yes <laughs> and we have it revealed officially that the maid is a mooch because she's walking out with a bottle of something and she takes a swig before she gets on her bike and somehow the Swap happens back, and now Annabelle is actually in the car driving with the police chasing her, and the mom is on the water skis. At the same time, they say, I wish I had my own body back. Mm -hmm. And instead of, like, because it was an internal swap in the beginning, Mm -hmm. now they have physically traded places. How? Like, I know... How does it matter? It's a fantasy. Like, how did it happen? Disney movie. But, like, they just apparate to where... Yes. It, it, I, it boggles the mind. (laughs) And so... Chasing goes on for 35 minutes. Yeah. And meanwhile, Ellen is the belle of the ball, and she can actually water ski even though she can't water ski. And she water skis somehow through a pool and keeps on going. And there is several accidents during the course of the water skiing event, and it's amazing that no one died from Mm -hmm. any of these events. Yeah. And it ends with Ellen hanging on to a... Is it a... um, Like Like a glider? Yeah, paraglider. And she comes down and lands, and everything's happy and hunky dory. Yeah, and... Annabelle has driven the car off the end of the dock. Yeah. Um, and then Ellen lands next to her, and they're like, "Oh, it was great. Everything's wonderful. Um, we're so <laughs> happy." And then it's like, "Oh, it doesn't end abruptly. Actually, it no. cuts to like a little later." Uh, where you see, like, the results of, like, oh, we learned our lesson. Everyone's, like, happy and treating each other better. Mom and daughter have a better understanding mm-hmm. of each other. Which I would have much rather seen the conversation 
that they had to like hammer all the issues out yeah. than half of what we saw in the rest of the movie. Yeah. Because we actually talk. And so after that, dad and son start commiserating about how much better the other one's life is. And we fade to black on what would have been a great sequel, Freaky Friday 2, Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> or, uh, well, it would have happened, well, I guess it was Friday night when they yeah. both said it. But like it, in, it kind of implies that this possibly has happened now to those two. Yeah, because I don't think that movie ever got made, or if it did, I'm not seeing it on the Disney listing of movies. Yeah. It probably would have been weird because this, the son is like six-ish, maybe. Yeah. He's a little guy. So that would have been a very strange, <laughs> like traumatic kind of trait. Yeah. Uh, just i don't know this movie is so weird i never want to watch it again um, or is it freaky but don't yeah it i i don't know like i said like you never see them have a conversation yeah like hammering the issues out and like, oh, we now we understand each other. Like, I'm sorry that I treated you this way, whatever. Um, well, I think the rest of my thoughts will probably belong like under the heading of the questions. Okay. Well, is there anything that was missed before we get to the actual question? I don't think so. <laughs> like, here's the deal. Um, my notes towards the end of this got more and more sparse because I was realizing like, I'm not enjoying this. I don't care. Um, I was trying really hard, <laughs> but, and I, and I even told myself like, maybe I'll watch the last 30 minutes again, but I did not go back and watch the last 30 minutes. Okay. All right. Well then with that, we will shift to the three questions. First of all, what is today's impact on this movie? I'm glad you asked. <laughs> um, okay. All I could think of was, um, like, I think I said this, why weren't they trying to get together to try to figure out what's going on so they can fix it? Mm -hmm. um, and I just thought if this happened today, like I was actually kind of imagining myself and Keaton together having this experience, like what would we do? Um, we'd start texting each other right away. Mm-hmm. There and there would be no um, like Annabelle after the swap. Um, like as they're figuring figuring out, Ellen calls home, and Annabelle's just like, "Yep, enjoy it." Like, too bad, so sad. You have to be me for the day or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, they, they didn't know that it was just for the day at the time, so she's very like, you know, like acting kind of weird about it really well and see my thing is what if this wasn't just for the day what if they would not have said i wanted my body back yeah that this i guess this isn't really like today's impact but i had that thought of like she's married to her dad now technically there's like there's just so many problems i had to like shut those thoughts down like, <laughs> finding that it was very disturbing um, and that's why I thought, like, 
if we had seen a sequel with like a six or seven year old boy trapped in a grown man's, I mean, big, he was like 12 or 13, right? Mm -hmm. But if you went from like a little bitty kid doesn't know anything about the world into a grown man's body, like you're going to have some issues. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I had to stop thinking about that because it was making me very uncomfortable. But, um, uh, today's impact, like, <laughs> I don't know if there's much more than that besides like technology is the answer every time we ask this question, but I just really imagined like Keith and I would instantly be texting each other and trying to figure out a way mm-hmm. to, um, get to like come together so that we could try to fix it. Mm-hmm. So I, it just is weird to me that they weren't doing that. It was like, Oh, well, I guess this is just how it's going to be. Yeah. All right. Second question. Is this movie mirrored in culture? We've talked about the sequel. Well, the remake mm-hmm. we've talked about the freaky remake with Vince Vaughn. And I don't even know who the girl is that's in that one. Yeah, like the body swapping thing is like been used a lot of times Mm -hmm. in like a similar manner and sometimes in a different manner. Um, I think um, the I guess this kind of goes with this question and the next question, but like the issues between moms and daughters are they seem universal to me Mm -hmm. like some some people have better relationships with their parents than others but even when you have a great relationship with your parent or your child you're going to have those issues um so i i felt like well that's that's mirrored in culture because it's um that's everyone Mm -hmm. and then the third question is how does this fit into today's society I think that kind of is the same. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think? I mean, the fact that 40, let me see, this one was 76. I think the Vince Vaughn remake was 2020 or 2021 was when it came out. The fact that they continue to remake this movie with little tweaks, like, I think in the Vince Vaughn one is a guy swapping into a girl's body mm-hmm. or an adult swapping into a teenage girl's body and then all kinds of horror and carnage ensues. Yeah. Because it's actually a horror movie. Yeah. I haven't actually seen it, but I heard I it was either. I heard it was funny. Yeah. Well, I mean it's Vince Vaughn, so it can't not be funny. Right. But I mean as long as there is something that can be changed, this movie is going to continue to be remade with your minor modifications. It's, I like it. It's not too saccharine. It's not, I mean, I guess the fact that they had to keep trying to find ways to make you laugh was the only issue that I had with the movie. Yeah. They, like, took it to, like, an 11 when like six or seven would have sufficed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you probably will not rewatch this movie. No. I'm said I would watch it if it's on, which probably the thing is with nowadays it would be the Lindsay Lohan version that would get replayed more than this one. Mm-hmm. 
But, I mean, what do you do? Because kids don't want to sit around and watch a 50-year-old I know. Unless it is Star Wars. The quote-unquote new one is 20 years old this year, which is like, I think that's going to make it fun to watch. I Mm -hmm. maybe I'll, I think I'm, I'm, I think I have time to watch it tomorrow, so maybe I'll do that. (laughs) Well, then we will, we might get a sneak peek with the next in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Oh, so this has nothing to do with Freaky Friday, and you can cut this from this episode if you need to, but were you going to give us a book report? We will actually be doing the book report. I thought about that like a third of the way into this episode. The book report, just because we have run probably 50 minutes on this episode, will be in with next week's episode. Okay. Just because I've got a whole lot less to talk about, including the synopsis. So, but yes, for those of you that may or may not have heard, I read books and... (laughs) Um, I actually picked heard it here up a, first. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> Dan Teets reads books, and I actually picked up a book that a Disney movie was based upon. And if you want to know more, you will have to tune in next week when we cover the mini adventures of Winnie the Pooh, which Kyra is already geeking out about a little bit. I can tell. Yep, 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 yep. yep. All right. Well. Until next week. Well, actually, first of all, if this is your favorite Disney movie, let us know. You can email us at BeKindRewindDMP at gmail.com. The DMP, as always, stands for Disney Plus Movie Podcast. Um, You can also rate us, review us on whatever streaming platform it is that you're listening to us. We have had a few new listeners, so welcome. We're glad you're on board with us for 2023, and you're just in time for the downhill slide into the fun that is the last half of the 70s. But, um, as is the custom, until we speak again next week, stay safe, stay hungry, and watch out for Friday the 3rd. Bye. I just, like, was thinking, oh my gosh, that's tomorrow. Oh my gosh. But like, wait, this comes, this episode will come out this weekend? Yes. By the time that the people are listening to this, Friday the 13th will hopefully have come and gone and everyone will still be in their own bodies. So They will be like, oh rats, I forgot to watch out for Friday the 13th. <laughs> and with that, we will cut it. <laughs> Thank you for listening. You can send us feedback at BeKindRewindDMP at gmail.com. We welcome any kind of feedback, and it might get read on the air in a future podcast. Once again, the email address is BeKindRewindDMP at gmail.com. If you have a moment, please rate and review our podcast on whatever streaming service you are listening to us on. This and word of mouth are the two ways to help us reach a larger audience. Thank you in advance for doing this. Thank you again for listening, and we hope you have a great day. Goodbye. We really had it out, though. Listen, I screamed at her. I'm not a screamer, you know. Listen, you're not letting me have any fun, and I'm sick of it. You're always pushing me around and telling me what to do. How come nobody ever gets to tell you what to do? Will you tell me that? You know what you said? Annabelle, I said, when you're grown up, people don't tell you what to do. You have to tell yourself, which is sometimes more difficult. 
Oh, yeah, I said in this real bitter tone. You know, that always blows my mind. Oh, yeah, you can tell yourself to watch TV all day or go to lunch with your friends, eat what you want for breakfast, or go to big parties or movies with Dad. And do the laundry, I reminded her. And the shopping and the cooking. Make things nice for everybody. Honestly, Bill, that child has not got a clue about my life. Not a single clue. Sounds like a picnic to me. I, I wish, wish I, I could, could switch, switch places with her for, for just, just one day. day. 